This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 16th, 2015. Classic Hits 2, You've Got a Friend. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, God, for today and all days. Thank you for the impact that we had on the community yesterday. Help us uh, have that momentum all year long. And we pray, Lord, that uh, today's message would connect us with you in a, a refreshing way, in a new way, in the way that uh, we need it. So, Lord, thank you for meeting us right here, right now, and we pray this time in your name. Everybody gathered said, amen. amen. All right, I just got, I have to talk about the Peach Festival for a moment. That was our first outreach. We started the church, uh, well, not this part, but the team, the launch team, in July of 2001, and August came uh, four weeks later, the Peach Festival, and we stood up on four corners and gave out cookies, and uh, it... And balloons. And balloons. Coming soon, Connection Church. We had no idea where, what, anything like that. We were just 14 families who desperately wanted to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers, and now... Uh, here we are 15 years later, another Peach Festival, uh, and we're looking forward to the next one already. So, uh, there were, I want to talk to you about the volunteer, the servant ministry in this church. Over the course of yesterday, when we break it down into slots, there were shifts, three shifts. There were 202 volunteer shifts. Are not people, shifts, got that? 202 volunteer shifts. I don't know how many volunteers served. I don't have that yet. But that represents 505 hours just yesterday served in the name of Christ. And that didn't count the planning, the behind the scenes, the setup, the float, that didn't count any of that. That equals 21 days of volunteerism just yesterday. We are so humbled to be your pastors. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of yesterday. The third Saturday in August, 2016, mark your calendars now. <laughs> All hands on deck. Okay, you've got a friend. I remember when it came out, Carol King, Tapestry, I'd sit at my piano and play it and sing it, pretending I was her. <laughs> you might have known the version uh, that was a little more well-known by James Taylor. And it was number one on the Billboard uh, Hot 100 chart in 71, and both uh, James Taylor and Carol King won Grammy Awards for that. When you're down and troubled, and you need some loving care, and nothing, nothing is going right. Yeah, I've been there. We've been there. And I have a feeling, uh, you think about just about everybody, if not everybody here, <laughs> has been there <laughs> at 
at one time or another, maybe just for an hour or two, a day or two, maybe a week, maybe just a little bit longer. <laughs> when nothing, no, nothing is going right. You know, uh, the car broke down along with the washing machine and the dryer, and uh, the dog got sick, and it's already the end of the month with no money left for rent or food, and one kid's puking while the other's uh, causing you to come in and talk to the principal, and uh, your spouse lost a job, and your boss is giving you a hard time. Kind of sounds like a country song, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe not quite as bad as a country song, but close. Nothing's going right. It's a universal theme, isn't it? Universal, because we all can relate to it sooner or later. I don't think anybody is exempt. Nobody. So, what do we do when we find ourselves there, when we're down and troubled and we need some love and care and nothing, nothing is going right? Where do we turn in the midst of that pain? Well, often we turn to painkillers. Yeah, painkillers. Those who are, those painkillers that are prescribed, those that are not prescribed, those over the counter, those under the counter, those on the street corner. And don't forget other kinds of painkillers. Painkillers like eating, sleeping, shopping, sex, gambling, and even some things that are good, but we take them to the extreme in order to numb the pain. You know, running, I mean, that's all good stuff, but sometimes we use those things as painkillers. There's, um, we did some research on this. Dr. Gabor Mate, he's a physician that specializes in addiction. He tells us that the pain from physical pain uh, it, and emotional pain are experienced in the same part of the brain. Isn't that interesting? And so when people suffer emotional pain, let's say rejection, for instance, the same part of the brain lights up as if we were hurt physically. Wow, so pain is pain. Painkillers are really a temporary fix, attempting to escape the pain. We all tend to do that, especially emotional pain, really um, creates even more pain. And Dr. Matei suggests being with your pain. Um, and how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we need people who have a sense of compassion. We need compassion. We need love so that those around us can walk with us and journey with us through that pain. Close your eyes and think of me, and <clears throat> soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. And so Matei talks of compassion, how we can only uh, walk through that pain with that pain if we know the compassion of someone else. Uh, compassion comes from relationship. Relationship comes from friendship. And so then friendship is not only important, but it's absolutely crucial to our well-being, our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, psychological well-being, our spiritual well-being. Here's what we find in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament book written by Solomon, again, 
known as the wisest man to ever live. Here's what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Say the last line with me, will you? But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Let me tell you a story of um, a time that was uh, painful, but some friends, um, 1993. <clears throat> I was in uh, Louisiana on a mission trip down in the bayou, doing some, uh, some work down there. A group of us went down from church, drove down, and I get a message that my mother, who had been sick for several years, had passed away. Well, we weren't leaving for home for several days, so I needed to fly home. Uh, unlike now, we were not independently wealthy back then. Um, and so on the way to the airport, uh, with a friend from, uh, on the trip I was with, I'm just thinking, I'm flying home, but I don't know how in the world I'm going to pay. We didn't have $300 just sitting there for a flight. <clears throat> and the friend turns to me and hands me a roll of bills, $300 in cash, that our group had collected, but not just our group, some, another group from Michigan had contributed. Wow. Wow, that's compassion. That's friendship. But the story has an added twist. We had a the funeral in Seaford, because that's where my mom was living at the time, but she'd spent most of her adult life up in Newark and Actually, uh, she's going to be buried next to my dad up in Wilmington, so we had a graveside uh, service up there as well. My brother-in-law, Jeff, from Rochester, New York, drives seven hours to be at that graveside service. We asked, can you have a sandwich with us afterwards? Nope, i got to get back to work. Was there with us less than an hour and had to turn around and do another seven hours, back 14 hours. just to let me know he cared that, that much. That's friendship, isn't it? Yeah. So it's my turn. Good. So uh, many times after that, but there was a time in 1990 where I was absolutely devastated. Um, we, I had experienced a miscarriage, and um, it was our fourth my fourth pregnancy, and uh, we desperately wanted a fourth kid, and um, I was so broken. Alan didn't seem to know how to help me. He tried, but it just, it didn't, it didn't really help. And I can remember going to uh, my best friend, uh, her name's Joanne, and she prayed with me. We were on our knees, and she prayed with me. And it was through her compassion and through prayer that I felt God's touch. She helped usher in the Holy Spirit so that my broken heart felt peace at that moment. So God used that friendship to minister to me. That's what friendship is, to be there for one another. Oh, 
you know, as many of you know, I, uh, so we had three girls, then one loss, then a second loss, and then the sixth time around, uh, we had Turner. And uh, God blessed us immensely with all of our kids here and in heaven. So, uh, back to scripture. We want to talk about the Bible and Proverbs. Uh, it was written by Solomon, and um, Solomon said this, Friends love through all kinds of weather, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. So we need compassion. We need relationships. We need friendships because God designed it that way. God did not design us to be lone rangers, to live in isolation. God created us to be social creatures by design, by divine design. Community. You see, God's in community, three and one, Father, Son, and Spirit. We call that the Holy Trinity. So God's in community, thus we need to be in community, and that's why we find it so important in our DNA of Connection Community Church to be in community with one another, specifically through small groups where we do life together, where we get stretched and grown. And I'm, I'm just curious. So if you're here and you're in a small group, um, and that would include an alpha group, can you raise your hand? Yeah. Can I get an amen on what that means to you, community? Amen. Yeah, yeah. It takes us out of that isolation and puts us right there um, in the midst of an accountability group. Amen. You just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Aren't you glad I'm not singing this? Cool. <laughs> Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call. And I'll be there. You've got a friend. Have you had any friends like that? We are so blessed by you and the deep friendships that we've, we have. Thank you. I know Christ gives us all the strength we need, but we need you. And um, we just wanna say thank you. It's just so emotional to think about it, as you can see. The question is this, though, are we that kind of friend to other people? Are we there when people need us? We, you know, it's wonderful to be on the recipient end, but do we share that with other people? Hmm. A lot of great examples of that kind of friendship in Scripture. One that comes to mind, probably because we sang a song that focused on it earlier, is uh, found in the book of Ruth. It's in the Old Testament. And, and Ruth, um, she had a mother-in-law named Naomi. Now, Naomi, uh, before Ruth entered the scene, she and her husband uh, and two sons, they were Jews, and um, because of famine, they had to move to the neighboring country, and it was called Moab. And, and, and while they were there, Naomi's husband died, and, uh, but she still had two sons. That's as tough back then. That was a tough situation. If if you didn't have a man in your life, uh, I'm not saying right or wrong, but that's how it was, be it a husband, a father, a son, a brother, some man in your life. And so she still had the two boys. And, and, and the two boys <coughs> married local girls, Moabite women, uh, Ruth, and uh, the other girl was named Orpah. Anyway, 10 years later, both sons die. 
leaving Naomi basically on her own with her daughters-in-law. And the famine's over, it's time to return to Judah, which she plans to do, and she tells her, her daughters-in-law that you don't have to go with me, go back home, you know, you're, you're not obligated, you're not married, my sons are gone, you don't have this obligation, go back to your people, go back to your homeland. They both say, no, we're not going to do that. She keeps pushing them, and finally Orpah does. She goes back home. But, but Ruth, Ruth will not be persuaded to do that. She will not. And, and over and over, Naomi tries to get her, not that she doesn't want her, but she just thinks the right thing for, to do would be for her to go back to her people, her country, and everything else. Here's finally what, uh, what Ruth says to her. Ruth says this. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. Wow, that's some kind of loyalty, amen? Amen. Be there no matter what. You know, I wish, I wish I had a kind of loyalty as Ruth. Uh, I wish I were there for my friends, as we were talking about earlier. And, and unfortunately, several times I can think back, that's not been the case. Not necessarily because I didn't want to, but circumstance or whatever. Um, I had a guy living across the street from us in, in Seaford, and gosh, he was like always there when I need him. I, we had a like virtually no heat system. I put in, we, I like to say I put in a whole house heat system with his help truth is, he put in the whole house heat system with a little bit of help from me. But then all too often when he turned to me and needed a hand, I was working or I was tied up. I, I, I wasn't there as a, a friend as he had been for me. And that's, gosh, that's just such a tough inf- uh, situation to not be able to be a loyal friend like you'd like. And, you know, that's what happens eventually because we're human and we tend to get distracted and we might mess up, might not pay attention, we don't have time, and so we let each other down. And it certainly doesn't feel good when that happens or, kind of worse yet, we don't even realize it. So we can't even go back and say, gosh, I'm really sorry I missed the boat. And those, those times when we miss it because we aren't even tuned in enough, um, that, that is so tough. And, you know, sometimes circumstance, and we all have our own stuff, but we're just saying, let's try to tune into one another. And, you know, I walked by somebody this morning at first service, and I said, hey, how you doing? And I kept walking. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I asked a question, and I went back, and I said, I'm really sorry. Can I look at you in the eye? I need to see your eyes. How are you doing? And I got some information that now I can pray for this person about for the next, you know, however often that that this person needs it but sometimes it's impossible for us to be that friend um, to other people hmm. the sky above you grows dark and full of clouds and that old north wind begins to how to blow keep your head together and call my name out loud soon you'll hear me knocking at your door you know even though sooner or later as humans, we will let each other down. The one we can count on will always be there is God. 
And, and we can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, through his Son. God in the flesh. Emmanuel. You know, God chose to come to earth in human form, in the person of Jesus Christ, so that he might walk with us, talk with us, so he might understand us. We might be able to say, oh, he gets it. He's been here. So that we could have a truly personal relationship with God. And some of you, see little nods getting, you, you have that personal relationship. You get it. You've had it. And, and you know what that means to be able to call Jesus not only Savior, but also friend. And some of you might be here for the first or second time. You're going, Alan, I, I, I don't know at all what you're talking about, but that's no problem, because you will. And, and some of you are in between, and you're saying, well, I'm trying to get this thing. I'm trying to understand this Jesus, Savior, even Jesus, friend thing. And hang in there. Keep, keep praying and keep looking for that uh, personal relationship. And... Uh, you know, our prayer is that everyone here will know that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, will know him as Savior, as friend. Yeah. There's a great scripture in the Bible, Philippians chapter 2, where it just depicts who Jesus is. We want to share that with you. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. First Sunday, we uh, were in this series we had the uh, song Stop in the Name of Love. And, and, and we said, you know, consider God singing that song to you, Stop in the Name of Love Before You Break My Heart. Well, what if this week, what if, what if it was Jesus sharing this Carol King song? And, and Jesus said, keep your head together and call my name out loud and, and soon you'll hear me knocking at your door. Calling out the name that is, according to Scripture, above all names. The name that brings us to our knees. The name that causes every tongue to acknowledge, every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, is number one in our lives. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus tells us that he stands at the door and he knocks. And if anyone hears him and opens the door, you know, it's interesting. If you see the pictures of this depicted, doesn't have a handle on Jesus' side. It's on our side. We got to open the door. He's knocking. We got to open. But if we do, he says he will come in and share a meal. And you're thinking, 
what's, why is Jesus just going to have lunch with me? What's, what's symbolic? He's going to commune with us. He'll be in, re, you know, when mealtime is one, that's our best time. I don't know about you, our best time with our family is always at the table. And it's not so much about the food, although usually it's good, but what's good is the time we share together. It's the conversation. It's being in relationship with one another around that table. When Jesus says, I'll share a meal with you, he says, I'm going to commune with you. I want to be in relationship with you, sharing in conversation, intimate conversation, and with the fellowship with the one who opens that door. I want to be, Jesus says, not only your Savior, but I want to be your friend. Your friend. Ain't it good to know that you've got a friend? When people can be so cold, they'll hurt you, they'll desert you, they'll take your soul if you let them. Oh, but don't you let them. You've got a friend. In uh, John chapter 15, take a look at this scripture. Jesus says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Say the rest with me. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for you and for me, for us. He laid down his life, friend. And he chose to do it. You know, the soldiers arrested him and all that, but he allowed that to happen. They weren't in charge. He was. He chose to allow himself to be arrested, to be tried, to be stripped, and to be whipped and to literally be hung out to dry, to be hung out to die. And he didn't have to do it, but he chose to because he loves you, he loves me, he loves us. And there is no greater love, Jesus tells us, than to lay down one's life as he did for one's friends. I just want you to take a moment and just close your eyes, okay, and listen to my words. But pretend, actually, they're Jesus saying to you, close your eyes and think of me, and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. You just call out my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call, and I will be there. You've got a friend. You can open your eyes. You've got a friend. We've got a friend. And his name is Jesus. Name above all names. Jesus. If you'd like to know him better, if you'd like to be able to claim his name, if you'd like to open up to the true friendship, a true relationship with Jesus, we encourage you to, to open that up today. Why wait? You can talk from, pray from your seat up here at the steps. Back in the corner, a couple of young ladies back there would love to talk with you, to help you walk you through, recognizing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And from what you understand, the one that can save you is the one we call friend, Jesus Christ. I encourage you to open yourself up to that friendship possibility today. And again, if you'd like to have someone walk you through it, uh, two ladies back there in the prayer corner will take care of that with you. 
You've got a friend, we've got a friend, and his name is Jesus. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. And let's pray. Almighty God, we do thank you that you are our friend, that you are a per it's a perfect friendship, and there's nothing, Lord, that we can't tell you that you would turn your back from us, not love us, not care for us. And so, God, we, um, we thank you for all the blessings, and we thank you for one another, that we can lean on one another in friendship and in love. We pray this in your most holy and awesome name, and everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.